In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Season 4. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it. Congratulate them, we know they doubted. Somehow we made it up out of the pit. Back against the wall, never quit. Traversing through each obstacle. Show a non-believer what's possible. Let nothing they could do stand in between me and my wildest dreams. Let's go. Nothing that come at us could come in between. Life gave me the worst, yet my side grew so green. We've been down in the dirt. Been tossed in the trash, but I never strayed from my path. When we're gone, we ain't looking back. Maybe we were all way too high. Maybe that's our fault. It's gonna be a crazy time, but it's gonna be a fun time. Life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. All right, all right, all right. It is October 11th, 2022. Hope was restored to many, but not all fantasy managers, as week five gave us such an incredible slate of football. Steph Wilcock back here with you, and tonight I am joined by who some call the Michelle and Barack Obama of the fantasy football industry, Jen and Nate Polvote. How are you guys doing on this lovely Tuesday evening? I think I can speak for both of us and say it's been a long week. Jackson, our five-year-old, put it in the best way. Um, His legs were too tired from his really busy, long day. I can say the same, and I'm glad to be sitting down with everybody tonight. It's good to have you back here, Jen. Um, Good to see your face tonight. Uh, I'm sure Jackson's enjoying his sleep. Um, But, Nate, how are you doing this, uh, this fine night? I'm great, man. Uh, it's a little windy. I don't care for that. And I had to carry Jackson around because his legs were so tired. So my <laughs> arms are now tired. I could be standing, but I still have to use these things for the next hour. But I'm good. I'm stoked to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you guys here tonight on the show. We have a very exciting one front and center. We're going to talk about all the injury news. What's up with Devonte Adams? How are we going to counter that if a suspension is looming for him? And then we also have, of course, headline hijinks. We're going to kind of break down our winners, our losers of the fantasy football slate week five. And then we're going to do some in the scope. We're going to talk some short-sighted mainstream waiver targets, the people you should be putting in claims tonight on Tuesday, or if you're listening to the show on Wednesday or just uh, with us on Tuesday and want to get some guys off the waiver wire the next day for free, off free agency, these are some in the scope targets you can take as well. So we're going to give you all that tonight, guys. I'm super thankful for everyone being here in the chat. We got Troy Olson. Can't wait for the show. He was here half hour early. Troy was ready to go here at 9 p.m. So uh, we appreciate you sticking around for us, Troy. And then Albert. Hello, IBT family. Hello, Albert. And then we have uh, What's Up, IBT family from Brad Bull all the way over there in Australia. What's up, Brad? Great to see so many uh, IBT family members back here, guys. Yeah, it's always great for the support. Albert has been all over the place for the last, like, two weeks. Everywhere I've been, I see Albert in the chat. Albert, thanks for tuning in tonight, man. And Brad, all the way down under, buddy. Certainly. Guys, with that all said, let's go ahead and jump into front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest Give me another, cause the night is young. At least 
least I so thought. This just in. Breaking news. Front and center. Front and center here, guys. We're going to talk about all the latest injury news, everything that relates to it. And we got to start with Rashad Penny because that was kind of the big one on Sunday, guys. Super unfortunate to see it. And, like, I don't ever really want to toss out the, the label injury prone but maybe it does fit Rashad Penny. It's been a tough one to start his career. We saw the breakout here finally in 2021. However, he goes down to a fractured tibia on Sunday. And in his place, Kenneth Walker, he ripped off a gainer, looked really good, looked why, you know, reminded the Seahawks and their fans why they they spent a uh, second round pick on him. So guys, sucks about Rashad Penny. How are we feeling about Kenneth Walker though? In most of my leagues, he is already rostered by knowing a lot. He's on free agency. Um, so Nate, how are you feeling about Kenneth Walker if he is or not on your teams yet? You know, I, I don't have a whole lot of shares and I wish I did right now. He's about to go off. This is an offense that supports his type of running style. Rashad Penny was looking really good. This is a Seattle team that I think has things a little bit more figured out than we expected at this point in the season with Geno Smith playing well. Go after Ken Walker. And shout out Rashad Penny, man. Like, what a a broken tibia. Like, we're not talking about a worn down hamstring or recurring Achilles. This is a freak injury. All I hope for is that the surgery goes well and he's able to come back next season on another team. If... CMC doesn't end up in Buffalo. I feel like that's a good fit for him. But right now, go get Ken Walker. Are we emptying our our fab budgets if we don't have Ken Walker and he's out there right now? Because I don't know if there's going to be a more exciting RB to come around. Yeah, I mean, if he's available in your league, spend probably everything you have left on him. There's going to be a player worth doing that the rest of the season, likely. I completely agree with you guys. Ken Walker... You know, we've known him from Wake Forest before his time at Michigan State. He was great both places. I think he's going to be dynamic on this team. Um, Yeah, I think you got to unload your your clip and and hear Brad's asking in the chat, should I spend all 75 of my fab on Walker? Depends how bad you need a running back, um, Brad, but I I wouldn't be be opposed to it. Or Albert, apologize. That was Albert in the chat. But uh, yeah, I would not be opposed to unloading my fab on him. Let's move forward here. Devontae Adams. He might be facing a suspension we're hearing from Tom Pelissero in the NFL. I mean, what can we say about about it, guys? I mean, what happened there after after the fact? If you guys didn't see it, Devontae Adams basically pushed some type of employee. I don't know if he was a cameraman or something, but he was carrying something in his hand. Um, Pushed him after the game. Kind of a bad loss there on Monday night for the, the Raiders. They should have pulled that one out, I think. And he might be facing a suspension. And you can't really blame the NFL for wanting to take some type of action here. Sucks if you roster Devontae Adams. Like, this is just one of those things. I have him everywhere, and, like, I just feel like I'm the unluckiest person in the world. But there is a silver lining to this. And, one, he should only probably be out about one game, so we don't need to panic if there is a suspension. Um, And then also, at the same time, like, Matt Collins is still out there in a lot of leagues. And I know he put up a big donut on uh, on Monday night. But, guys, he was very close to coming down with two different touchdowns. Would have had a huge, huge night. I had a couple parlays on him, so I was a little disappointed to see the donut. But, uh, Jen, do you think the easiest solution here, if you want to to have the handcuff to Devontae, is to go out there and grab Matt Collins? Yeah, like you said, he almost came down with that touchdown there. Looking back, I guess, two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, Matt Collins had, had a great game. I mean, it's unfortunate with Devontae Adams 
it's sad to see because you know that that's innate. And I know that he apologized immediately afterwards and that's not me and, and all that stuff. And Tom Pelissero came to a little bit of his defense saying, Hey, if you're an equipment guy, you've got to be, or if you're anybody, you've got to have your head up. You've got to have your head on a swivel is exactly what he said. But for that to be an immediate reaction and for the NFL stance against violence, I mean, you've got to do something about it, but Mac Hollins, I think if given the opportunity and get, get Devante out of there for a game, I think Mac's going to rise to the occasion and absolutely connect with Derek Carr. Well, and to what Jen said, I agree. But I think if he performs well again in the absence of Devontae Adams, does he earn a permanent role in this offense? He already has it. He already has it. He's he's the guy on two wide receiver sets right now. Like, sure. Hunter Renfro's yeah, not in the game. Fair enough. He's playing well, after, And Renfro running into Devontae Adams on the last play of the game for the Raiders. That, that was on Adams, too. That was on Adams. That was on both. Yeah, you know, I, and, and to the Adams yeah. thing, like, he apologized on Twitter. He could have walked back and told the guy, hey, dude, I'm really sorry. Like, it was reactionary. Helped him up. Helped him up, any, yeah. Done anything else other than walking away. And for that, I think he deserves a game to two game suspension. And a fine. And a fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what the Not NFL just a does. apology. Um, Drew Davenport had a very informative Twitter thread earlier today that, like, this guy was doing this just to – like, he went to the hospital to cover his bases. It – if he is going to press charges in the future, whatever happens, he had to cover his bases there. So we don't have to go out and say, oh, this guy's just looking for a paycheck or something like that, too. So let's, let's be, you know, right. kind of that. Be appropriate about that. Um, but as far as fantasy goes, go out and get – I think he has to be rostered either way. Matt Collins should be on all rosters, in my opinion. I, I don't – you know, sometimes it's like, why would you wide, you know, handcuff a wide receiver? But I think this is the time to do it, especially. So – Go out there, get Matt Collins. He's playing on those two wide receiver sets as well. Um, let's move forward here. Damian Harris, he leaves with a hamstring injury. Um, looks like he's going to miss up to four weeks in this one, guys. And uh, it was Ramondre Stevenson, and he looked great. Like, kind of reminded me low-key of Derrick Henry, the, the way he went out there and performed was bulldozing over people. Um, Nate, you've been really high on uh, on Ramondre Stevenson for a while now. So does this boost him up into that, that mid-RB2 tier until Harris returns? Um, yes, I think that's his floor. You think that's right his now. floor? I think that's his floor. I think his ceiling is a weekly top 10 running back. This is a team that Mac Jones is hurt. Bailey Zappi is a rookie. What, fifth round pick, fourth round pick. And they're going to need to lean more on this run game. Ramondre Stevenson showed he was completely capable of being that guy on Sunday. Most of us knew he was anyway. And funny, you should lay out the Derrick Henry comparison. I may have said that before and gotten slaughtered for it. And he's not Derrick Henry necessarily, but he runs like Derrick Henry. And I, you've got to go out. If he is available on waivers in your league, I don't go think get him. I, There's I, no way. It's There's more no likely way. that Kenneth Walker is available, but you're starting him now every week. Yeah. I mean, when you go 25 for 161, it's impressive. And the last two weeks, he's had a very impressive performance as well 66 yards, 73 yards. And those were on 12 or 13 carries in those games. So now, if he's going to about double that, see about 25 carries, he is an auto start here. Still not like we haven't seen it a ton in the passing game. Like, 
he has 13 receptions on the year. So more than I think some were expecting coming into the season, but if he can kind of, you know, be their really three down back here, we might see a changing in the tide here. And uh, Damon Harris might not take the starting role job back um, once he comes back here. I think that's fairly likely mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, I agree. And, and I most think like Damien Harris at this point probably is about no value as well. I, I, I think like, if anyone's I willing, wouldn't I would trade him for the right amount, but to say he has I still think he has some value. It probably some Nate, you probably maybe that's an over exaggeration, but I'm just I am worried that when he comes back he's not gonna have the same role he did as the RB one in this, might not have all the goal line work like he did. So I'm concerned about Damian Harris from Mondre Stevenson, guys. You can fire him up. Um going to Carolina, our guy Matt Roll, he was fired on Monday. Not a surprising one after what we saw from from him and the Panthers this season. Baker Mayfield in the making. He uh, also suffered a high ankle sprain. He's going to be out probably about three to four weeks. Was not placed on IR yet, so there is a chance Baker gets back within the month. But, Jen, what do we make of this Carolina mess? Because it has been absolutely awful. Um, I don't even know what to say anymore, but it almost feels like all value outside of CMC is gone. Oh, man. I mean – I was high on Baker coming into the season. I mean, I was excited for him to get on a new team. I was excited for his revenge game. I have him rostered in several leagues. And it's just, I mean, DJ Moore can't break out. It it just seems like nobody can do anything with him behind center. So this could be somewhat of a blessing in disguise with his injury um, for the team as a whole. And, and for somebody to, somebody needs to light this fire. It's like, it's been stoked a little bit, but nothing has happened. It is infuriating to watch these games. It's embarrassing. It's just horrible. Well, and we said PJ Walker was kind of a sparky type player in the XFL when he, I know it's the XFL, but like this guy's looking at the opportunity of a lifetime where he's got three to four weeks because Sam Darnold's going to be on IR for another three to four weeks. He apparently is not healing as quickly as expected. I know it's crazy. I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't put money you can't afford to lose on it, but what if PJ Walker and the firing of Matt rule spark this offense? What if he does unlock DJ Moore? What if he's a difference maker? What if he helps McCaffrey be more effective? And I know their offensive line is bad. But having a mobile quarterback like that kind of takes that out of the equation at times. It's definitely an intriguing proposition, Nate. Um, PJ Walker is definitely a good enough quarterback to be there two years in a row coming out of the XFL. So it is something to think about. I, I think we kind of touched on it a couple of weeks ago when we said, like, sell CMC for what you can get him, sell DJ Moore for what you can get him. Because, like, these aren't the same players that they were. Um, and you know, now we're kind of hearing trade rumors a little bit too. We've heard some trade rumors that maybe it's time for the Panthers to sell. And if that's the case, like I probably would be interested on in DJ Moore on another team, maybe CMC on another team. Like I've heard him rumored to Buffalo, some different things like that. Um, so it's interesting. Um, it's a lot of hypotheticals though. It's a lot of hypotheticals. And I think odds are that this is a tire fire for the rest of the season and that you really can't start DJ Moore going forward. If someone's willing to take him, I will like, like even if it's a wide receiver three uh, running back three value you're getting for him, I'm willing to move off DJ Moore in a heartbeat. 
obviously you got to probably hang it hang it up or you know hang out with cmc keep him on your roster but jen would you be interested in, in getting rid of more for whatever you can at this point yeah yeah a thousand percent got to get rid of him i mean especially with potential trade rumors and like you said the the tire fire the dumpster fire that unfortunately is the panthers this year well, and what's concerning is their owner, David Tepper, said today, Baker hasn't gotten a fair shake. We need to just find him a better coach. So they're not looking to move on from Baker Mayfield. So what? It, this is more than just the coach. This is an incompetent front office and a poorly built team. You have to sell everybody. We'll see. We'll see what happens. The trade deadline is so far away that it really, you know, really makes me wonder about that. Albert here in the chat saying fire up Rams defense this week. Absolutely doubling down on that there, Albert. Uh, yeah, it, it's tough. We'll see what happens in Carolina. It, we haven't seen a lot of st- big name stars like these two get traded during the season. Jen and I are saying get out. Nate's holding out a little bit of hope for uh, for the future here in Carolina. In other news, guys, bad news for your Denver Broncos. Ronald Darby, he suffers a torn ACL. And I think the the big thing to note is we've kind of been afraid to play a lot of receivers against the Broncos because of Darby, you know, matched up with Sertain out there. They're some of the best cornerbacks in the league. I think we can be a little less concerned about that moving forward. Tough to see that for for Ronald Darby, very talented corner out there. Hope he gets back. But, uh, yeah, tough loss for your Broncos, guys. But I think we can be more optimistic about wide receivers playing against the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, everybody loves this Denver defense, but they played some really weak opponents the first three weeks that they should have played better against, to be fair. And we've seen them kind of exposed against the Raiders, exposed them, I think. And I think that's fair. Not that they're like a bottom-tier defense, but they're not a top-tier defense right now. And losing Darby's, that is just, that's painful. Got a question here in the chat, Jen. Um, so would you start Devonta Smith over Waddle this week? Absolutely, I would. Um, how, how do you feel about this one, Jen? I, I just don't feel comfortable rolling out Waddle here. Yeah. Devonta Smith is fire. I mean, he's had one down week, really. Uh, uh, yeah, that's smash and go. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's the Cowboys, so it is a better cornerback duo he's facing here. Um, it, I expect kind of a low-scoring game, but I, I expect the, the Eagles to actually have to lean on him a little more. Maybe Trayvon Diggs seeing a little more A.J. Brown out there. So I, I'm completely okay with firing up Devonta Smith. He has had three really good weeks, two kind of down weeks, but uh, I think he's going to bounce back here, or excuse me, continue his hot streak here. So, Albert, I would definitely be okay with, uh, with firing him up. Mm-hmm. Let's move forward, though, uh, guys. A couple concussions, just to quickly note. Chris Olave, he got concussed, which pretty ugly play. Just It was kind of a freak thing. At least he didn't get hit into it. Kind of just fell awkwardly after a catch. Got rolled a touchdown, so he did get something from him in that game. But uh, hopefully Chris Olave gets back out there soon because the Saints are going to need him. And then Pat Fryermuth is probably the more concerning one here, folks. Uh, third concussion in his young NFL career. I am a, a little bit worried about that. Um, didn't really have a big issue with this at Penn State, so hoping he does bounce back. But uh, not what you want to see from Pat Fryermuth from a dynasty perspective. I'm I'm a little bit concerned, guys. Three in your first two seasons is not great. Yeah, well, three in twelve months. I mean, this is not good. This, I mean, Nate and I talked about it a couple days ago that this could be career ending. I mean, now you're talking about 
prolonged um, effects from from this concussion from three and 12 months. So it's really, really concerning. And from a personal standpoint, as a player, you look at him and, and you feel for him. And as a fantasy manager, you're looking at potentially the end of the line. You, you've got to get out there and find somebody else to fill that hole. So you guys are concerned. You guys are, Nate, you're concerned as well? A smart, independent neurologist would tell him to retire. If he gets another concussion over the next three to four months, at any point this season, it could be permanent brain damage. He We're could die. Like, he could die. Not, yeah. This isn't something to mess around with. And we know the science behind it now. Pat Fryermuth, the smart thing for his health would be to retire. And that sucks because this is a guy at the beginning of his career, budding NFL career. The guy could be a star. But he could also die in December if he somebody targets his head because we see that happen every week. So I'm, I'm definitely not like a neurologist or, or know a lot about it. Um, the, the one thing I've been told, though, is that like, regardless if he does come back, it's probably not going to be a one week thing because the more often you have concussions, the harder it is to come back more frequently. So I, I don't really want to speculate whether this is career ending or, or whether right. you'll miss the rest of the season. I will say though that I'm not expecting Pat Fryermuth back here in week six. So you need to make other arrangements. Yep. If you have an IR slot, I think you need to stash him. If not, I think you can cut him if you need a tight end. Um, it, it's brutal out there guys. It, it, yep. Like, Every year, I think people say, oh, the tight end landscape is super brutal. I've always not thought it was too brutal until this year. This is the worst year I've ever seen the tight end landscape, pretty much unless you had Travis Kelsey who's out there cut, catching four tutties a week and uh, and Mark Andrews. Like, you're, you're desperate. You're desperate. And Pat Fryermuth was arguably the most consistent tight end outside of those two. So uh, this, is, this is awful for the landscape. It's awful for Fryermuth. You have to be out there making moves. And we're going to talk about some of those moves here a little bit later on. But names like Taysom Hill, you need to really consider. Names like Hayden Hurst that Nate threw out last week on you, you need to consider these guys. Like They're not sexy names. They're not sexy players. But at the end of the day, you have to score points here in your tight end spot. And even players like, I mean, Darren Waller, guys. What happened on Sunday night? Like Or Monday night, that was just, I mean, it sucks. He played six snaps and he went out out for the game, like burned people to zero. So, uh like th these streets, this just sucks. It's getting ugly. I feel this feels like one of the most injury riddled first five weeks of an NFL season I can remember. And not just like small injuries, like losing guys for the entire season, ACL tears, Achilles tears, broken legs. Like it's, I, d Jen, can you remember? I think the last two years. Yeah, I think it's bad. every. Yeah, yeah, I think that yeah. every season has this. I mean, yeah. we can spend an hour talking about uh, the fact that star players are not playing, you know, preseason games and and then they just walk out on the field like they're going to not get injured. So, I think this is very typical where we see all of these dominoes fall in in the first 5 to 6 weeks at the most of the season and we're all scrambling like CMC how long does he make it every year? Fair point. I yeah. I agree. I agree, Jen. I, I, I'm with you a little more. I think I think we've seen this before, but I think the landscape of tight end it's more concerning than ever. There's just not yeah. enough. Like even the the players like Schultz and and Kittle and Waller that you drafted in the fourth fifth round, they're not hitting. Um, there's not a lot of great. There, there's no great like 
tight end uh, gold mine that you hit late at drafts either. Like David Njoku's been okay. Tyler Higby's been serviceable. Um, but it, it's been rough. But guys, we are going to look on the bright side because it's going to get better. So we're going to go into headline hijinks. We're going to talk about the, the winners and the losers of week five and uh, have a little bit of fun with it as well. So let's go ahead and jump into that. All right. Before we jump in here, we do have a question here from a new face in the chat, Dylan Varnell. What's up, Dylan? Appreciate you joining us tonight. He said, would you be trading Debo or AJ Brown? Brown has a better, would you be trading for Debo or AJ Brown? Brown has a better QB and schedule. Debo has a higher floor. Full PPR league here, guys. Um, basically, he wants to know who should we be going after, AJ Brown or Debo? I don't, man, I, I don't think coming into the season I would have said this, but like I've been impressed with AJ Brown. I like AJ Brown, I think, a little better than Debo, but at the same time, I think you can get similar production from Devonta Smith. So I think Debo's does have a little bit higher of floor. Jen, how do you feel on this one for Dylan? My first instinct was AJ Brown. Um, Debo, I don't know, the emotions surrounding him and everything that went down in the offseason is just kind of gross to me. And I think AJ Brown has has the better upside. Is that because he plays in the better offense, would you say, as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I'm the last person to tout anything on that offense. So for me to put myself out there and say AJ Brown is a is a big move. Nate? I'm on the Debo side here because we saw what he did with Jimmy Garoppolo last season and the San Francisco offense will get back to that once Jimmy G gets a little bit more comfortable. If he stays healthy. If he stays healthy. I I guess what I, I would say neither. I would say these are probably players I'm not targeting in general right now. I think Debo has that safe floor, so if you can do a two-for-one form and go after him, that's fine. A.J. Brown I like, like I said, but at the same time, it's tough for me to pay for him when I get Devonta Smith for a lot less. I was sending out some some like trades earlier today for, for Devonta Smith, and I wasn't overpaying, and the owner was really considering it. So, uh, yeah, I, I think maybe there's some better targets at the wide receiver position for you. Dylan, um, maybe try buying someone who's a little bit down, um, but is in that same range would be my recommendation. So guys, let's go ahead and talk week five headlines, winners and losers here and what we can take away from it. Um, Let's go ahead, Nate, why don't you kick us off here, my friend? So I'm going to go with my loser first. And it's the Rams offensive disappearing act continues. You guys, this offense is I cannot believe how anemic it is. So many of us were high on Allen Robinson coming into the season. A lot of people, not myself, were high on Cam Akers coming into the season. Matthew Stafford was, in most cases, one of the first five to seven quarterbacks off the board in redraft one quarterback leagues. Matthew Stafford's quarterback 23 on the season. This Rams team looks like a shell of who they were. The only viable part of this offense right now is Cooper Cup, which somehow is defying all odds as a PPR wide receiver one, even though the rest of this offense has been inept. 
Is it going to get better? I certainly hope so. Like you invested heavily in Stafford. And at this point, there are quarterbacks I'm starting over him most weeks. Stafford, if I had him in any leagues, he's on the waiver wire for me. I, I think in a one QB league, you can move forward without him. Um, but I, I agree with you here, Nate. The, the Rams, they've looked anemic. Maybe it's a bounce-back game for them here in week six. They got the Carolina Panthers, so uh, if there's ever a get-right game, it's that. But then they go into the, the bye, and then they come out, and here's their, their schedule after it. They have 49ers and Rams, like or uh, excuse me, Buccaneers. So not great schedule for them coming out. So, I mean – if you have if you have any of these other guys on your roster, like if you go into your buy and you can't get anything for him, you can drop Allen Robinson. He's droppable. Um, ben Skronik, I, I highlighted him a couple weeks ago. I think he's a nice story, but he's he shouldn't be on rosters at this point either. Um, Daryl Henderson's getting to that point too, and and Cam Akers, like get any like squeeze any life you can out of these Rams and get out of them while you can. I just don't think this is a a thing that can fix itself. Like. They can maybe put a Band-Aid here on it in week six uh, against the, the Carolina Panthers, Jen, but uh, I'm out on the Rams. Dude, it's this – that like if there ever was a story of uh, winning a Super Bowl and then coming back and being nothing, this would be the, the Super Bowl champ of that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Cooper Cup, he's the only viable starter. Um, Allen Robinson – He's got 15 and a half million a year to do nothing. I mean, I, I keep saying if, if you get him the ball, get him the ball, get him the ball, but it's just not, not happening. And I've got one share of Stafford left and I got to get rid of it. It's just, this is awful. When you lose by 12 to Cooper rush and the Cowboys at home in SoFi, that's when I hit the panic button. Yeah. You yeah. are favorited at home. The, the Cowboys, yeah, they have a great record, but but their offense isn't great, and you can score 10 points. Don't get me wrong. Dallas has a blazing defense. Michael Parsons is the man. But at the same time, you're a defending Super Bowl champ, and you can't go out there and get anything going offensively for 60 minutes. So yep. I think it's time to hit the – like I, I would say wait until after this week and then hit the eject button. Wait till they play the Panthers, see if it will kick up any value on Robinson, any value on Akers, and then get the hell out of there before the bye. Mm-hmm. All right, Jen, do you do you want to keep? Well, let's just go for through through the losers here, so we can quickly uh, try to bring back some good vibes after it. Okay, so my loser is get out of line for that ride, Russ Whiffs. If you look at his stats on paper, they actually don't look bad when you initially see it. It's he threw for two hundred and seventy four yards. He had four carries for twenty two yards, one rushing touchdown, but those two interceptions just God wiped everything out. If, if you had him, if you were in the positive, it wasn't by much, but most fantasy managers landed there in the negative. Um, He's doing all the work himself. It sucks. It sucks. There were a lot of drop balls. There were a lot of miscatches. And until there is probably a coaching change, I don't see that the Broncos and Russell Wilson can move forward with dynamic weapons like Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy yeah. and um, Mike Boone coming up. I mean, there, he, he has no help and it sucks. So until Russ either takes over the offense or the Broncos get a new head coach, I just don't see that he's a starter every week anymore. 
No, I completely agree with you, Jen, 100%. And now he has the shoulder injury as well, which is something, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. he's probably going to play through it. Dak took some time off for last year for this, at least a game. So he probably should. He won't because he's Russell Wilson and he thinks he's Mr. Unlimited. But at the end of the day, the fundamentals are not there for this team. And you can't start Russ. And if you want to drop him, I'm okay with it. I'm I'm probably holding him just because I'm desperate at the quarterback position and and it's been so tough in the streets this year. But I'm okay with moving on from Russ if I need to. But uh Jen, yeah, I, uh, you know, a whiff on me, whiff on me, whiff on a couple of us here in IBT that we were all on him. We were all on all these Broncos. Everybody was. Everybody was. I mean, who was it? Um, oh, God, I'm blanking on his name right now. But he had him or had the Broncos all in as Super Bowl champs this year. Colin I did Cowan. as well. Nate, Nate, uh, Nate, Nate Burleson. Nate Burleson, yep, there we go. Nate, your husband, did as well. And I, I did too. <laughs> I, I had them at least go to the Super Bowl. Nate had Russ as his MVP. It was it, yeah. it's a disaster. Dude, we were told this team was a quarterback away, and then we went out and we got Russell Wilson. But then we got apparently gas station Russell Wilson is what we actually got. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I, I'm I'm about good on the Broncos, honestly, Nate. You and I have been riffing on it for a couple of weeks, so let's get off the Broncos here. <sighs> Thank um, you. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go with my loser, hoodwink and bamboozled by the NFL bottom feeders. I think we all kind of bought into the Lions. I think we all bought into the Jaguars. And, guys, maybe it was a little presumptive. Christian Kirk had another disappointing day. Now he has three receptions um, for 71 in his last two games. Not ideal. James Robinson, same type of deal here. Um, Less than eight PPR points for James Robinson over the last two weeks. So, very disappointing. I think the Jags still have some upside, but it's a little bit of, of a concern here moving forward. And then Jared Goff and the Lions just stunk it up. Couldn't get any points on the board. They had him on Ross St. Brown back. He was on a snap count, but he still only went four for 18. Jared Goff then 19 for 35. Um, just awful, awful day there. In, in a matchup, I kind of liked for him as well. So 4.86 uh, fantasy points for Goff. It's, this was a good story, and my advice comes down to wait for another big game and then maybe see if you can move off some of these lines. I'll hold on to Amon Ross St. Brown. Jared Goff, he can go back on the waiver wire. I think maybe we were a little too high on him. Um, but, yeah, guys, I, I think overall I'm almost like done with the Lion experience. I think maybe we just got a little too hyped up. Yeah, I, it would, like you said, it was a fun story. We talked about it earlier. Maybe people got kind of excited by hard knocks and the energy from this team. I'm going to run a guy you hold. I think everybody else, I think you're right, Seth. Like, I well, I, I want to have Swift. Like, I don't want anything to do with Swift the, the nope, rest of the season. Either. Too injury prone. If you have Jamal Williams, that's fine to hang on to him, but they're heading in their buy. So, like, I'm fine with shipping him if I can get something of value, um, especially the Swift manager if he's out there. Um, uh, Josh Reynolds, I'm okay with holding Josh Reynolds for another week or so. Um, I, uh, you know, I'm okay with Jay Reynolds. Like, like that was a good call from you a couple weeks ago, Nate. So I'm okay with Josh Reynolds. Um, but we do have Jameson Williams coming back. So I don't think it's like immediate hit eject and sell everyone, but I think it is. Let's look ourselves in the mirror. These are up and down players between them and the Jags. That's what we're going to get. Um, they had a nice run though. Well, it's something that I preach all draft season is be flexible. And this is one of those situations where you got these guys for relatively inexpensive, more than likely if you drafted them, you were getting them late in drafts. 
if you picked them up on the waiver wire, it didn't cost you a ton of fab. You weren't using a high priority on it. And it's time to, when it's time to cut bait, it's time to cut bait. You can't get attached to these guys. Um, and like you said, you know, we're coming into a bye week. If you can get something for Jamal Williams, if you can get something for Josh Reynolds, if you can get something for TJ Hawkinson or Jared Goff, you should do it. Yeah. Yep. I agree with you. Um, let, let's talk about some good stuff, though. Let, let's move on to the winners and losers. I'll start. And guys, it's pull out the whiskey. We getting frisky NYC, baby. The New York Frisky Jets, man. I mean, putting up 40 on the fin, it was definitely – maybe it was a little bit of a, of, a, of a romping at the end, but the Jets came out and played. No turnovers for young Zach Wilson. Brees Hall looked phenomenal. 197 total yards for Mr. Brees Hall. RB4 on the week. Uh, just an awesome, awesome performance from him. Taken down to the one twice as well. So he even had an opportunity for even a bigger performance. 17 PPR points on the, uh, or, or excuse me, Carter, Michael Carter had 17 PPR points on the day. So the backfield kind of got it done in a tandem here. Brees Hall, RB7 on the year, guys. The Frisky Jets, I think, are here to stay. And uh, this isn't one of those bottom feeders. I think they're actually legit here. You know, I want everyone to know, Seth's Frisky Jets love is very real. And I know this today because, Seth, why don't you tell everybody what you purchased? Yeah, recently uh, I got into the Brees Hall, uh, the Brees Hall Jersey Club. So uh, it, it should be here in a couple weeks still. we still got some time left. But uh, I'm excited to see what, what that brings. But here, here's the, the thing about Brees Hall and how it's going to relate back to fantasy, guys, is if you drafted him, we've been harping on it for a week to go out and a couple weeks, go out and buy him while he was down. He's taken over this backfield. Young running backs produce in the NFL. Young running backs produce. Every year other than 2019 over the last six, we've had an RB1 come from the rookie class. And Brees Hall was that guy staring us in the face. And because he was on the Jets, we didn't want to admit it. Michael Carter is an occasional flex play too. We threw him out on short things, sleepers of the week this week, Nate, and, and it paid off brilliantly um, a little bit with, you know, some touchdown luck, but I, I think this Jets team, now they're running the ball a little more. So we're less excited about Garrett Wilson a little bit, less excited about Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Conklin even, but more excited about these running backs. So uh, I think it's going to go back and forth. I think Garrett Wilson will have some days. Um, maybe Conklin has, I, I still have some faith in Conklin, but, as far as uh, Elijah Moore and Corey Davis, I'm not as excited about. But I think the Jets is just a team. Let's get behind them. Um, let's place some bets on them because there's always great odds on the Jets out there. We've been riding some of these bets here. Um, we talk about it on the tailgate a lot. So bottom line, I love the Jets. Um, hell yeah. Let's get frisky, baby. It feels I, I, weird to say, too. Like, I, know. I love the Jets. Like I mean, they got they got like crazy. They got a milf hunter as their quarterback. They got a stud (laughs) as their running back. They got Robert Sala over on the sideline, just being an absolute dog. Like this is a fun team to get behind, and if if you can't get behind it, you're gonna get left behind. So I'm gonna follow the RB seven this this year. Um, I'm excited, guys. I I hope you rejoice with me. Oh, I will. it, Sunday's game was fun. One to, was a fun one to watch for sure. It, it was, and guys, Michael Carter is a guy they're going to consistently use at the goal line because well, he's proven that he's efficient. Well, Brees Hall will start to get some of that work too, but Michael Carter, it's not going to go away from Michael Carter. Well, Brees has dominated inside the ten, but but what they've been doing lately is they've been doing the uh, the, the two back set. They've been doing a. a 
the, the two back set and, and both those touchdowns with Carter Brees was on the, the field. So a little bit of misdirection. I would expect maybe a little bit of a counter punch to that. And maybe Brees gets a little more of the goal line work in those two back sets. Cause they've been giving it to Carter so much with all the attention going to hall, but yeah, Carter's going to be involved here as well, but let's just rejoice in the happiness that they brought us this week. And if you can like maybe go out and sell Carter a little bit high, I'm not opposed to it, but you got to ride Brees Hall here. You have to ride him because he is a league winner. And uh, these frisky jets, man, I think they're going to, they're going to be impressive down the stretch. I will say when I statted them out and projected this team, I had them starting three and two, and then they have a very tough schedule coming up. So just be mindful of that. They still have to face the bills a couple times. They're going to get whacked um, from some of these better teams but they could be a low-key playoff team, like seven, six seed, um, maybe right on the outside of it. But uh, I like the Jets, what they're doing here for fantasy. Nate, who's your winner? So this week, my winner, Gino, more like Dreamo. Because Gino Smith, guys, this is so much fun. So much fun to watch. The guy's going off. He's eight years into his career. I believe that's correct. He's been mostly a backup. He had a shot with the Jets as a starter. That was a terrible situation for him. He's completing 75% of his passes through five weeks, guys. It's insane. And while he's not going to probably keep up with that clip, an NFL record clip, he's going to be very good. He's got DK Metcalf. He's got Tyler Lockett. Yeah. He's been using Will Disley a little bit. It sucks that Rashad Penny's gone, but Ken Walker is a – serviceable, amazing fill-in, probably going to maybe finishes an RB, low-end RB, or high-end RB2. This offense is so much better than anyone thought it could possibly be. And I love it. I love it for Geno Smith. This is a guy that was very good in college at West Virginia. I don't think he got a fair shake when he came into the NFL. Now here we are. Could he make the Seahawks a playoff team? He's in, he's in position too. And I think he should be in the conversation for NFL MVP. And I, I know that that might sound a little, a little, you know, overreaction Monday, like, but uh, I don't think it is guys like Geno Smith. He, he's taking care of the ball. He, he's not getting in trouble. Like Nate said, a 92 interception ratio right now. Lockett's been great for fantasy. DK has been great. I, I liked what, what we saw at Geno last year. And like we saw this in, in a small sample size. People didn't want to buy into it. I bought into it. He was a guy I targeted in a lot of super flex leagues as my QB3. And in a lot of me, he's my QB2 now because he's performed that well. So I think we can continue to ride this for a while. Um, just be mindful. Their schedule does get a little bit trickier. They have some division games here coming up. Um Still got another one against the 49ers. They really struggled there. So uh, keep that in mind. But, yeah, I, I think right now you can start Geno Smith as a, a low-end quarterback one until further notice. He was someone I wasn't excited about against New Orleans. I picked his – I took his under on no house advantage. I think it was like 260 yards passing, somewhere around there. And he, this, is a, this is a defense that has locked down a lot of other offenses. And Geno Smith broke that. I don't know that I'm as worried about him in those matchups as you are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he might be matchup proof because this was this was a little bit of a tester for sure. Um, I, I'm just saying let, let's keep expectations in check sure. because, I mean, a couple, last week we were high on Goff and Goff's let us down. We were high on Mariota a couple weeks. So I do love Geno. I love this story. I think he's going to continue to be good. Um, but we got to be mindful of this. Like, 
if people are out there really willing to pay up for these Seahawks wide receivers, I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to part ways. Like they've been great, but uh, you know, he's leveled out some of the up downs that we've seen with them from Russell Wilson. So uh, Jen, why don't you round us out here with uh, your winner of week five? So mine is red Rover, red Rover, send Josh Jacobs on over. I mean, this guy was unstoppable yesterday. He, he rushed for 154 yards over 21 carries and a touchdown. Um, He finished the week with 32.3 fantasy points. And it just seems like he's, he's in it to win it. He's still working on things. He's still the running back one there in, in that, on that team. And, uh, I, I just think that the sky is the limit for him at this point in time. The Raiders have seen all of their divisional rivals, if right. you will, over the last five weeks. So I just think he's just onward and upward. I'm 100% with you. And I think I was wrong on Josh Jacobs. I was kind of out on him coming into the season here. But he did face uh, he, he did face you know some pretty decent matchups the last couple of weeks. I mean, nothing crazy. But he has the Texans coming up this week, which is going to be another juicy one. Um, or excuse me, after their bye, uh, he, he faces the Texans. But I agree with Jen here. I think Josh Jacobs is going to be solid. I, I'd still try to sell him high if I can, I think, um, just because I think this is going to turn into a little more pass-heavy of an offense. But, I mean, I wasn't expecting a Derek, for Derek Carr to come out on Monday night and not have over 35 passing attempts, and he didn't. And uh, it, it was shocking, Nate, but it seemed like their offense runs better when they can get – car out on the bootleg, hit some deep shots off of Josh Jacobs' running ability. Well, any good passing offense needs a running back like Josh Jacobs to be able to sell that play action that works so well for the Raiders. And I think McDaniels is smart enough that he's he's seen what Jacobs has done the last two weeks against Denver and against Kansas City. They beat Denver. They almost beat KC. And it was because they got Josh Jacobs the ball. I don't think this is going away. I'm not necessarily willing to even try and deal him. I think he's a guy that can be a consistent producer at running back the rest of the season in this offense. Awesome. All right, guys, let's go ahead and move forward to our uh, In the Scope segment, talk a little waivers. I have the stars in my sights. Requesting permission to engage. In the Scope. All right, guys, in the scope, we're going to tell you what's good here on the waivers. We're going to first talk mainstream targets, people who you should be considering picking up um, tonight on waivers. And then we're also going to talk our deeper in the scope targets. We feature them in the column each week over on the website. And these are the ones that you can pick up with really no fab um, spent. And we've been pretty good at this lately. So uh, let's continue it here tonight. We already talked about Kenneth Walker. You need to empty the wallet on him if you need a running back play. 47.5% 47.5% roster. I was surprised to see that number so low, um, but go pick him up if he's in one of those uh, 50% of leagues for you. Jalen Warren, he's still out there. Some concerns about Najee Harris, 3.9% rostered. And then Eno Benjamin, Nate, he's kind of interesting here. All the Cardinals running backs, they just got hurt this last week. So uh, 6.8% rostered for Eno. Um, so I, I think all those options are pretty good. Eno and Kenneth, the, the main ones if you need to play this week. Well, I think Eno is going to. I mean, he had 14 PPR points last week. Phenomenal. We saw him used a little bit in the passing game, I and mean, he's but he's had consistent usage. He's been right around four targets every week. So I, I think we're at a point now where we can be confident that he's going to get enough work to be rosterable. 
Yeah, I, I think regardless of, of whether James Conner, because I don't think this is a super serious injury, maybe just a, a, a nick, you know, a nick and a scrape here. But uh, regardless, Eno Benjamin is kind of filling in a Chase Edmonds light role. And the offense is moving better when they have him in. Connor just hasn't been overly effective this year. So, you know, Benjamin, if he's out there in, you know, he it looks like 90-some percent of leagues, I'm willing to pay up. If someone wants to go grab Ken Walker, and Ken Walker will be the better player most likely in the season, don't be afraid to also throw some 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 money out there. You know, I think he he's really interesting here. Looks like he's taken over kind of that Chase Edmonds light, light role. So uh, keep them in mind. Uh, quarterback here again, Geno Smith. We just talked about him, but but pick him up. He's still out there in about seventy percent of ESPN leagues as well. Isaiah McKenzie, only rostered in about twenty six point three percent of leagues. Nate, he missed here. Khalil Shakur was in your column today. You talked about as well. Well, I, McKenzie will be back. And when McKenzie is back, McKenzie is the wide receiver three in this offense behind Diggs and Davis. But as we've seen, there is more than enough targets to go around for a third receiver. If McKenzie's playing, I'm starting him where I've got him. Khalil Shakur is a great story. Love to see what we saw of him last week. But he's going to fall back once McKenzie's back in. He was out-targeted by Isaiah Hodgins last week. He Shakir, just got – Shakir, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he he just – he got the touchdown. Yeah. So when- I, Isaiah McKenzie's a guy that – 26.3% go get him. He's a great flex play. Yeah, I want anything I can do with this Bills offense. They don't care if they're up 40 points. They're going to keep steamrolling steamrolling you. Um so, yeah, like McKenzie there, if you need some more wide receiver help, what about Alec Pierce? He wasn't in the scope candidate for Scott in week 1, so you didn't need to spend any fab if you listen to Scott early in the season. Um he's only rostered in 8.6% of leagues right now too. So, Alec Pierce he should be rostered in all leagues. We talked about him last week, Nate. And then some tight ends that we've already talked about this season, but they're still out there on the waivers. Irv Smith, 32.1%. And then, Nate, last week you brilliantly called Hayden Hurst, 24.2% rostered. And he had a big serviceable week, especially for those who missed out on Kyle Pitts last week. I know people needed a last-minute pivot. Hayden Hurst was very valiant um, in the Bengals' effort there. So good call on you. And then, Jen, congratulations on your call in week two. You pointed out Taysom Hill's usage in the run game and how he might have some touchdown prowess here, and he does. Um, what do you think about that, Jen? Uh, great, to, great to see Taysom Hill break out this week. 30 freaking fantasy points. Dude, that was crazy. It was like it, 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 almost exactly like what I was saying in week two. He's everywhere. They're going to utilize him everywhere. They paid him to be an everywhere player. We've already talked about him tonight. Tight end, running back, wide receiver, whatever you need. He's there. He's a big body. And I think he's just going to continue to produce. I don't I don't know why they don't use him more anyways. I mean, I know that we've got Alvin Kamara, but uh, I mean, Taysom Hill, man. The, the efficiency is off the tr- charts. And like the one thing, if you are playing him at tight end, it is a little risky because he doesn't see a lot of snaps. But when he's on the field, he sees the ball. No, no reception, or I think he has one reception this season. So not crazy in the reception total, but he's getting the job done on the ground. So you can expect, I would say, somewhere between five and, t- and ten carries a game, maybe every couple games, a uh, throwing attempt like he had here. He also had a fumble recovery. Like, this guy is just a gamer. And I think after this performance, Jen, do you think he gets more involved? Like, th- like I think you're almost forced to give him the ball, especially now no Chris Olave. Michael Thomas is kind of on the fritz. 
Jarvis Landry has been in and out of the lineup. Like it's kind of been a mess everywhere. And Taysom Hill has been the one saving grace when active. Yeah. And I mean, when you're talking about other guys like Traquan Smith, Quest Watkins, like you're just, you're going to, you're going to give it to the guy who, you know, you're going to give it to the guy who has produced. You're going to give it to the guy who you trust. I don't believe that next week's going to be his week, but look for him. Are they on bye week seven? They might be by week seven, but um, he'll he'll have one of those up and down kind of seasons where one week he's skyrocketing at that 30 points. And then the next week he's flatlined or three points. And then the next week he comes back and he's at this average of, you know, 12. And then he'll kind of dwindle back down to the seven. So just keep an eye on his progress and um, like a repeat of past performance of up and down weeks. Nate, if you need a tight end, we talked about the landscape and how desolate it is right now. How much are you willing to pay for Taysom Hill? Well, to Jen's point, this is going to be very much up and down. I mean, he's currently the tight end seven in PPR. I'm, I'm probably not going to break the bank on Taysom Hill. Um, Mm. I'm not that desperate at tight end in most places, but if I I am, am. I (laughs) I mean, I, I, Let's say a hundred dollar budget. I might spend fifteen on him this week. If I, I'm if going I more than that. End. I'm I'm going probably thirty percent. Wow. If if you need a like the Unless thing you with, need the thing with Taysom Hill is yes he might have some up and down weeks but he also has the potential to maybe be a league winner at the position which you're not going to see again I don't think this season. Um, we might have some in the scope candidates, you know, Hayden Hurst of the world who you can throw out in there that, you know, they're going to be okay. They're going to have a little bit of a floor, but Taysom Hill has that pure upside we're looking for here. So yeah, I, I, I'm, if you need a tight end and that's maybe you're a tight end away from winning your league, I don't mind it at all, Jen. I, I, I'm, I'm probably like maybe a little less than 30, but you know, somewhere in that 20 range for sure. So um, love that call though. Maybe hopefully you guys listen to Jen three weeks ago and you, and you picked him up for free when he was free. Um, let's move forward though, to our in the scope candidates. And these are the guys that we're suggesting after waivers run. So whenever you're listening to this podcast, you can pick them up probably for free. Um, so go after it. And I'll start here with uh, Daniel Jones, not a sexy name. And I get the passing has been horrific the last couple of weeks. He's also had barely any of his receiving targets out there. However, Daniel Jones has no less than 12 fantasy points in a game this season. And in most seasons, maybe that doesn't sound like a lot, but guys, it's 2022 quarterback performances have been horrendous. Um, You're left with single digits a lot of the time and he has no passing TD since week two. So I'm expecting like some positive regression in the passing. Once he gets some of these guys, Kenny Galladay, uh, Kadarius, Tony, Wandale Robinson back. I'm expecting a little bit positive in the, in the, in the passing game but he's still getting done on the ground. He is averaging 46 rushing yards per game on 8.2 attempts per game. 8.2 attempts is what Jalen Hurts was averaging last year, guys. Like this, he is up there right now in the rushing category with the quarterbacks. It's it's Lamar Jackson, it's Jalen Hurts, and then it is Daniel Jones. Like that is where we're at with this guy right now. Even on a bum ankle, he went out and kind of superheroed his way, ran around the field enough to get it done against the Packers over there in London. And he has the Ravens this week, a fourth, a top four matchups for quarterbacks. So again, I'm expecting the passing to get a little bit better. I think it's going to start here against the Ravens. And then two weeks from now, another top 10 matchups against the Seahawks. So if you are scrambling for a quarterback and you are desperate, I think Daniel Jones 
he's not a league winner. He's not a league winner, but he's a serviceable quarterback until his bye. So if you need a guy for the next two to three weeks, I'm riding Danny Dimes here, guys. This is a really good call. <clears throat> not one I thought I would agree with if you would have said you were going to make it in August. But here we are. The Giants are 4-1. and one. This team, Brian Dabble has them heading in the right direction. Saquon Barkley has been ultra effective. That has helped Daniel Jones immensely. We saw some of the rushing upside last year, too. So that shouldn't be too surprising. But, I mean, this is a guy that, yeah, I mean, over the next couple of weeks, if you heard at quarterback, he's a really good play. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, if you're desperate, he might have a little bit of upside for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm a little more optimistic than Jen, but uh, I I, I understand. I understand. It hasn't been great. Jen, why don't you you go and take us with uh, your in-the-scope target? Maybe you'll like him better than mine. (laughs) So I'm going with Joshua Kelly. He had... 10 carries for 49 yards and a touchdown yesterday. Um, We have a little bit of conflicting opinions on how good the Denver's defense is, but, you know, going up in a, in a division game, I do feel like Joshua Kelly is going to have more play than we're expecting him to play, which is going to make his price probably skyrocket heading into week seven. So if, if you need a running back, even just a streamer for a couple of weeks, I would say Josh Kelly's right up there for you. I mean, the running back room is thin to say the least at this point in time, as far as availability goes. So you can get him for free this week. Go out, pick mm-hmm. him up. If you've got room, he's stash play. Especially See how he does Eckler. this week. Especially if you have Eckler, yeah, he should be. Oh, on the- absolutely! If you and have Eckler, Josh Kelly, like he has looked, he looked awful in his first couple of seasons in the NFL. This year, he's actually looked really good in that change of pace role, and like he, he's taken it, he's taken it out of out of the rookie's hand, he's taken it out of Sony Michelle's hand, he's kind of earned that role there. So I think there is something behind this. I don't think he's necessarily a great like he. None of these plays that, that we tell you right now like they're they're not sexy starts, but they're they're players who can get you serviceable points. And Josh Kelly, he's gonna have a couple of looks at the red zone the rest of the season. The Broncos, uh, I'm a little bit you know I think they're a little bit better of a defense, but he has the Seahawks and the Falcons, which are definitely vulnerable on the ground at times. So I'm I'm willing to pick up Josh Kelly if if you have an end of bench spot and you need just more running back depth. Josh Kelly's a really good good thought there, and uh, Jen eventually like against the Broncos this week too. Like you might be thinking the Chargers probably going to get out to lead. They got to crush some clock because you know Russ ain't ain't throwing for three touchdowns this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. Nate, take us uh, take us away with uh, with your in the scope candidate here for uh, heading into week six. All right, guys, this one's a little deep. This isn't someone you were going to want to play this week. You might not even want to play him next week. But week eight, week nine, week ten, as we get deeper into the season, this is a guy who's going to become more relevant in the New England offense, and it's Tyquan Thornton. Second round pick out of Baylor. Bill Belichick really likes this kid. He was hurt to start the season, so we finally got his debut last week. 25 snaps. Not a not a large sample size. He had two catches for seven yards. What's important is that Bill Belichick in practice this week said he is progressing immensely every single day. 
in practice. And this is a guy they want to get more involved in this offense. They want to see him more in the slot. He did 21 of his 25 snaps were out wide last week. They wanted to get him more in that slot role. He's behind four other guys in this offense. We know that. It's Nelson Aguilar. It's Kendrick Bourne. It's Jacoby Myers. It's Devontae Parker. However, Matt Jones is coming back in a couple of weeks. They developed a really solid rapport in training camp and in the preseason. This is a guy that Mac Jones can lean on, that he likes to throw the ball to. This is someone that could be a guy who's getting five to seven targets a week by week 10, week 11. And as you're rolling into the playoffs, he might be a guy you're really, really glad you have on your bench as injuries continue to hammer your rosters. Yeah, I think the thing about Thornton here is like, there's an opportunity because outside of one game each, Aguilar and Parker haven't been impressive. Thornton did flash a little more in preseason. There's no vertical game really outside of two long passes this season for New England. We haven't seen the deep ball. Um, I'm all right with this call. I'm all right with this call. I, 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 I don't know if I'm like rushing to pick him up right now just because I, I don't really think I want any New England pass catcher anywhere near my roster outside of Jacoby Myers. But I, I think in some deeper leagues, Tyquan Thornton could have some appeal, like you said, Nate, down the road. That's what I do. I go deep. Well, guys, thank you again one more time for everyone tuning in tonight. Thank you uh, to everyone who makes this podcast and this company run. Our audio editor, Kyle, in the back end each and every Tuesday night. We appreciate him chopping us up, making us sound good on the audio version. And then uh, our guy, Nate Miller, who makes all the drops here, makes all the music for us here at In Between Media. We could not do this without him as well. So check out his music at ISM on all streaming platforms, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever that is. We're a little bit over time tonight, guys, but it was a great conversation. And excited to see you later in the week, Nate. Everyone, until then, keep it in between. Good luck on waivers. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. 